Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your bi-weekly source of gaming news, questions and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. Uh, joining me, as always, is Jude Williams. Hello. And Jeremy Bratatich. Hello. What's up, everyone? <laughs> there are no coronavirus <laughs> cases in Victoria. Yeah. Yay. For like no two days ones. now, right? Yeah. Well, no one's yeah. n- no one's got it. There's no one here that has it. Gary got better. Gary. <laughs> it was like the the colloquial term for the for the final person who was in 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 isolation. Oh yeah, Gary. Right. Everyone like every 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 time we got a daily update and it said one case, everyone just replied with "Get get well, Gary." <laughs> um, That's pretty good. I cried yesterday because of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was. Wa- I was walking home and I had a fucking Boney M playing in my in my headphones and I just remembered what it was like being out and I just began to weep. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's been a year. Family Christmases. Um, I'm going to go on to yeah. the vendors. Oh, sorry. <laughs> talking about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I, we just started planning Christmas today, which was weird and wild. I'm going to see my brother and his kids for the first time since March on Friday. Mm. It's pretty cool. Very exciting. I haven't done it. I haven't done anything exciting. I, I went for one. I've gone for one unmasked walk outside, which was fucking <laughs> excellent. Oh my god! God, it was. Good. I went to a cafe today. That was pretty oh. exciting. It felt wrong to not wear a mask when the server's still wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I've had that as well. I've been I've been walking to the bus to get to work without a mask. Pop on the mask mm-hmm. when I get on the bus. I get off the bus, take off a mask again. It's just like the wind on my jaw is lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was one moment a couple of weeks ago when I was getting picked up from work and I had to wear my mask the whole time. I've been wearing it through my whole shift and it was like warm spring evening air and like I took my mask off just before I got into the car and as I did it was like oh fresh <laughs> yeah. air. It was incredible. And now I get mm-hmm. to do that if, if I'm outside so long as I'm not around anyone else, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the mood of the city has drastically increased in the past two weeks. Mm. It's just like a feeling. Yeah. Good call, Jeremy. Uh, we missed you on our last podcast, June. Yeah. How'd you guys go with that? It was good. It went way longer than we thought it would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. It always did. does. How long is it? Uh, hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. Uh, it's not too bad. Yeah, but no, we're I'd just talking Hel- about consoles. It could be, it could be Hellblade sized, but it could be Hellblade. Uh, yeah, I think Jeremy and I were expecting it to go about half the length for about forty-five minutes, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. well, there we, there we, there we were. Um, but it's no, I think it was a good one. Middle to shut you all up. <laughs> it also helped uh, yeah, the podcast looking- in the middle of the day as well. Mm. Yeah. I, I, you know, thinking back on it now, I can't think of what we were talking about for so long. But I think it's because we spoke about the games, and then we spoke about how the UI is backwards on the PS5 for a good, a good while. Um, well, sum up for me in five words your two experiences on PlayStation Five. Jeremy, five PS5 words. good, but Xbox better. Okay. Okay. Uh. I can count too. <laughs> <laughs> I was going. I was going like PS five. No, that's not. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I think it's PS five um, is just 
barely enough. Interesting. It's a bit wonky. Mm. As in, like, it's just I'll, um, barely good enough to be justifiable. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I'll if have I had to listen to the full podcast. Where, mm-hmm. Whereabouts can I find that? Why, June, you could go to minimap.com. Just look it up, idiot. Like, you know where to find it. What are you asking <laughs> us for? <laughs> oh, it's a plug. Sorry. <laughs> you could go to minimap.com.au and find all of our podcasts there, from the Minimap cast to our other Game Club podcast as well, and a future Third to Be podcast. Jeremy's laughing at his own joke like nobody's business right now. It's like, be a good what are you asking us on the podcast? This is so unprofessional. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I think my other takeaway, if I had to put it in another five words, was uh, Sony didn't earn next gen. Oh. Okay, I like that. Mm. Cool. Yeah, robbed. Stolen next gen. <laughs> um, you can also <laughs> find all of our podcasts on uh, podcast services everywhere. You can also find us on Twitter at MinimapAU for the uh, Minimap account. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash minimapau where you can throw us a few bucks if you feel like it. Get a couple of neat perks, uh, like outtakes, if you want. Uh, or more than like, a few. Or more than a few perks. Bucks. Or more than... Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, if Just you wanted saying. to throw us several dozen or a hundred, that'd be great. But, uh, I mean, I I can't do that for anyone, so I understand if neither can you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the games we've been playing. Uh, oh, no, f- first, just before we get out of housekeeping, just want to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Monarchy Improv song from their YouTube channel for the Minimap cast. You can listen to Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, we've got, basically, Jeremy and I have a whole slew of next-gen stuff and then a whole slew of Destiny stuff to talk about. Different things, some same things. Um, I guess, June, were there any burning questions you had for what we've been playing, how we feel about anything next-gen that, you know, now that we've wanna... actually spent some time with both con- with, with the, our systems? I want to... Yeah, I guess I, I just want to hear about what games... You've been playing on each, I suppose, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be talking about that anyway. So, yeah, basically, basically, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, if you if you have any things, just jump jump in, just just get, you know, probe us, question us, query us. Um, do you want to start, Jeremy? I can start. Um, demons is that demons souls. Demons souls. Yes, because it's not like demon dark souls. Souls. No, no, no. Because it's dark <laughs> souls. This is this is demon. Demons is the possessive of, uh, and then souls. A demon's soul. Yes, souls owned by demons. Um, mm. Is a video game. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so the Demon Souls remake. I spoke about. I think only briefly because I hadn't really touched. I hadn't. I hadn't really played much um, in last episode where we talked about next gen. Um, I have now had some time to properly sink my teeth into this game, into this remake from Bluepoint. Um, Bluepoint, of course, made the Shadow of the Colossus remake. Um, 
this game is really good. Um, I have played a few FromSoft games. I've played Dark Souls. I've 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 barely played Dark Souls two to the point where I'm just going to say I haven't played Dark Souls two because I've only played a couple hours of it. Um, I've played I played a chunk of Demons uh, Dark Souls three. I played a much larger chunk of Sekiro, and I played a middling chunk of Bloodborne. Um, oh, that's I got so past- cool! You have have you seen any Dark Souls one content? I only, only, I literally of the only Dark Souls one content I've seen and seen is your streams. <laughs> oh, okay. Honestly, yeah. that game's worth it if you if you're pretty like untainted for that one. I recommend going back to it. But you know, continue. Like a lot, a lot of people have said that. Like a lot of people also said that Dark Souls three is very much just like another Dark Souls one, not in terms of it being as good as it, but in terms of like it it uses a lot of the same beats. Um. But yeah, so um, in terms of how I like them, I really like Sekiro a lot. I want to like Bloodborne more, but I'm not very good at it. And Dark Souls Three, I thought was fine. Um, and I, but it was also, it wasn't. That, it's really good. Dark Souls Three was kind of easy, not in terms of like the combat was easy, but like I just was just kind of doing the same attacks all the time in Dark Souls Three, um, to the point where I never felt the need to change anything up, which I thought was really odd. Mm. Um, Anyway, Demon's Souls is the first... It was the first breakout game of that style. They had obviously made other games like Armored Core and stuff, but it was like... It was very big for for FromSoft. Um, so, Kerry, have you played much of it? I haven't I haven't played any. I installed it on the first day, and I haven't even gotten to start it up. I, I think I'm, okay. I'm going to wait till I stream it. Okay, that's um, fine. But, yeah, no, I haven't gotten to play any Demon's Souls yet. So Demon's Souls is really fascinating because the way the Dark Souls games progress and Sekiro and um, Bloodborne as well is you will start off in a location and there will be branching paths which then have branching paths and you will have the bonfires or equivalent of um, which allow you to rest and get your health back. It'll reset all the enemy locations. Um, you'll get your mana if you have any and it'll regen your health if you have like Estus flasks and stuff and you'll also be able to teleport from one zone to another through those bonfires Demon's Souls has that as well but the way the levels are designed are very different there's a hub world in Demon's Souls similar to Bloodborne but it's a more direct like this is the hub world it's literally called Nexus Um, and once you get through the first chapter of the game and you defeat your first boss, you then unlock four different levels. And you can just oh. go to them. You can literally just go into a different level. Um, and like the levels are traditional, like uh, from soft style levels where you'll, you'll have you start off a location and there'll be like one or two branching paths. Um, but they're like literally in the speedrun community, they're literally known as 1 1, 1 2, 1 3, like as the colloquial terms for them because they've got like really gothic names and stuff so they're just like easily that's how much of a level they are like they're known as 1-1 one, one. Um, and they're, they're a lot more linear like they will do the run around backtracking to do like to get to like a um, a shortcut or you know if you go down this route then there'll be like a, a bonfire which will get you closer to the boss later on or whatever but they're a lot more linear um, which I think is really fascinating as well um it's it's a really really interesting game. Just like the, the the thought of playing a FromSoft game and being in an area, which I know this is where I need to go next. This is like in story wise, whatever that means in this game, because you can do it like uh, you can do it non linearly. Um, this will be the next boss for me to do. I can when I get sick of an area because I'm bashing my head against a wall or whatever, I can just go to another area. 
and I could just start basically from fresh, except I'm already level eight or whatever. I can then start to go to different areas and just like face weaker enemies again, get a bunch of souls, level up, and then come back to that area I was stuck on again and be a higher level and then get through it much, much uh, easier. Mm. Um, which is really not how I play FromSoft games. Um, and it's not how a lot of them really feel to me in terms of how I play them and how other people I know play them as well. Mm. It's really odd having that much um, variety of locations, for one, because that's a big thing. Because like, a lot of the time, these games look similar uh, for a lot of it. Like It'll be like, there's a lot of Gothic castles in Dark Souls games, for example. Um, Bloodborne is like that heavy Gothic, like like English cities, right? Um, Sekiro. It's it's very Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And same with like Sekiro is obviously like uh, like feudal Japanese with different style. Uh, Like there's different locations and stuff in that game as well, but like a lot of it's just like different cities and different Japanese locations. Um, And then, yeah, and then... Demon Souls is like a very tall regal castle and then another one is like a sandstone mine that has like a that's got like some like it's got like slave like these like slave creatures that like will beat you up and then there's like there's like a prison and there's a there's like my favorite place that I found so far is this stormy castle on a beach which has got skeletons which you fight and those skeletons just roll at you and then but they'll do like they'll do like and they'll do like player rolls at you so they'll like roll towards you and then whack you um and then there's this flying manta ray which rules um <laughs> it, it there's so much there's so much level variety and like they've obviously done a fantastic job of like making this game look fantastic like the mm. some of the just the locations in this game are fucking incredible looking um have either of you seen the side-by-sides with the ps3 and the ps5 versions no it's really quite incredible like and like yeah at, like and th- th- there is legitimate criticism about like some creative liberties they've taken um yeah as with any as with any remake like sure like with yeah. your gripes with the uh the halo anniversary remake yes right? the, the halo, halo one, one remake yeah like i think this is not as egregious as that um I think like some people have like legitimate issues with some of the character des- uh, some of the enemy design. Um there's a lot of like for example there's a lot of fat phobia in um Demon Souls. Um and I'm sure not just Demon Souls in other from software games. Um uh but like I think they've done a pretty decent job of of reimagining what this would have looked like if this game had come out now for example. Um I will say that I never played Demon Souls, and I don't know. What, like, I if, if people have legitimate criticisms about some of the things, and that's fine. Uh, someone who never experienced that, this looks great. Um, it feels really good too. I'm, I'm also. I'm. It, this game is encouraging me to mix things up. I'm. I'm doing uh, a sword build with also some magic. Um, I've got a shield which I'm swapping in and out for my staff. Um, a lot of a lot of the game is just really it's almost like they like it, i mean this is the blueprint for all their future games but they really had something special and they knew that they had something special um and so a lot of it is it's, it's not it's it's less refined but it's a little bit more turned back in terms of like all the different things you can do a lot of it's very samey but there's still a lot of variety within 
the small thing that they've got there, which is what then became um, the like industry standard for like melee combat. Mm. Um, it's really good. It's really really good. Great. Yeah, I mean, I've only heard positive things so far. Mm. I'm really really looking forward to getting into it. But yeah, but I, I've waited so long to start it that I think it's it's something I. With how much Souls stuff I have streamed, I think it's it's a this is a good fit. I just want to stream it. It's so. also wild seeing uh, character mouths move to uh, voicing in a From Software game yeah. <laughs> because everything else oh, is just yeah, like normally they don't they don't animate at all. Yeah, they don't animate their face, and they'll be like, "Oh, going to old Nana Mario," <laughs> and then but like their face will just be like flat. Um, and this they'll just be like they're actually animating um, and it's really good it's really really good um, Bolivaria is fantastic as a starting zone that is that's like the first area um, you fight um, it's fucking fo- it's fucking awesome it's so cool great awesome I'm really excited to start it what else you got there bud uh, I played Sackboy, whatever it's called, Sackboy Big Adventure or something. Um, yep. I, I, I had a friend come over over the weekend um, and we played that um, in two-player, which is cool because I haven't played that game in two-player. Um, that game gives me all the same like memories and vibes of Little Big Planet, um, which is really nice. They've captured that cute imagination-focused uh, motif that the games are so good at um, expressing. Uh, and it's like it's just a, a neat little 3D platformer, um, like not a like a, a top a not top down, but like a bird's eye view 3D platformer, similar to the Mario game that was on the Wii U. Um, it's really really nice. It's it's really good, um, and it's a lot of fun with two players as well. Um, I've been having like I I I'll keep playing that game on my own. Um, also, they sample King Gears, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, they what? They sampled King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Of in all one of the songs. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> That's great. It worked really well. It was like an underwater level. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> How did you, did you have to like look it up? We were like, hang on a second. No, because all of a sudden I was playing the game and then all three of my housemates came into the room being like, sounds like King Gizzard. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really neat. It's really, really quite sweet. Um, the voice acting is quite good as well. Um, I definitely recommend that game for anybody that is like, for anyone that's like 10 or under and has, has a PS5, you should get that game. Um, or PS4. Is that on PS4? Yep. Huh. You wouldn't know it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that game's really nice. Um, so from that, I, like I've, we've got Destiny, we'll talk about that later. Um, I finished Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Um, I think that game's got a... Not very long. I want to say... Eight hours, maybe? Maybe less? I was hoping um, so. What, it doesn't where, need it. What percentage do you know were you up to when you finished the story? I, 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 I have no idea. Okay. I, I barely did any of the side stuff. I will go back and do the side stuff, but I, I barely touched it. I was mostly just doing the campaign. Um... It's got a really good ending. Um, it's a little bit cliche and stuff, and that's fine. But it's like a it's a it's a comic book story. Like it's like that's what they are. They're cliches. Um, 
uh, the post credit scene is really neat. Makes me excited for the next one. Um, That's what and- we said last time. Hmm? That's what we said last time at the end of the last game. At the end of, at the, end of the last Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. This this also is another good one. That's like, oh, that's that's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I think the villains are kind of pretty lame. It's a good fight. It's not the most interesting of a villain. And I spoke to Kerry about this the other day. Um, the character... Uh, Intentions, the, the the villain's prerogative basically. The motivation. Is pretty, yeah, that's the one. Um, it sucks. Um, and that's fine. It's it's a serviceable like Marvel villain. Um, <laughs> they're not dark elves. Um, so that's so it it is what it is. Miles is great, and that Spider Verse yeah. suit is so good. Yeah, I have um, you got it. I've had a. I do have it, yeah. I I got the chance to play a good chant a good chunk of it on the weekend. And I went from I was at thirty five percent, I played about five hours straight, and I went up another thirty five percent. So that sort of gives you like a rough gauge of how long the gameplay is. So what, like ten hours to get to seventy percent on the like the world map total. Um doing some side stuff, not fully completing it. I'm pretty close to the end mission. Um so yeah, I'll probably be at like eighty yes, percent when I complete it. So yeah. Um, I'm I'm happy with the length, honestly, and maybe that's just because I'm playing it so slowly because I've, I've I've had a bunch of stuff to do, but um, I'm happy with how it how long it is for how deep they're going and stuff like that. And they do they do a clever thing, like you know when you hear that Majora's Mask was made with all of Ocarina of Time's assets, and it's like oh yeah, I see that now. It's all the similar models and it's like this character isn't this character anymore but it is just exactly this character's model but they have a different name now but just pretend like it's kind of i don't know there's stuff like that like you if you see if you've seen anything about the um the first mission of the game that like game informer showed early you'll know what i'm talking about in terms of like villain usage and stuff like that and obviously they're using the same map but god that game's it's gorgeous it's more spider-man it plays well it plays differently so it's really interesting in how it plays because um miles just plays different he just is different his his camouflage and his venom powers they they differentiate him enough that i'd be very excited to play them side by side and see how they differ um uh, the animations are incredible the ray tracing and fidelity mode is insanely good the frame rate mode is incredible. I can't choose between which one. I just go between them whenever I want, and I'm and I'm just happy every time. <laughs> I know some people have been pretty disappointed because they're like, "Oh, I don't want to have to choose." But honestly, a, a, something to give convincing, very effective ray tracing effects for seven hundred fifty dollars sitting here on my computer, twenty twenty. It, it's like ray tracing is not yet cheap. It is still new, and that I have it, that I have something that is valid it is a it is a a good way of experiencing it in my house i'm just stoked for um, have you seen the Mars screenshot the pardon have you seen have you seen the screenshot which is they turn on the ray tracing fidelity mode and miles yeah. is entering a bodega and there's like a window that's like reflecting all of like all of what's behind him and there's like you know like a really like high detailed city block and everything but because the camera isn't looking at the uh, the pedestrians they're all t-posing in the back <laughs> but because it's just doing a real-time reflection 
it's just capturing them just standing there waiting for the yeah. camera to turn back around to them to start animating again. But it's That's really so funny because he like enters a bodega and everybody at the back is just like straight fucking arm legged. <laughs> It's really funny. It's like, it's, and it's such a thing, like, who would have thought about that? Who would have thought I about, know, yeah. like, rendering that? Um, but, oh, my God, it's such a funny side effect of having, of having reflections is now going to introduce so many different things of, so many you know, things you're not supposed to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you're no longer restricted to that, that 180 degree, like, view fuster yeah. or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then Jeremy, tell us tell us about XCloud, Project XCloud. It's finally yeah. made it here to Australia. So th- this was one of the biggest things for me. That like this is one of the biggest moments that I've had where I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm living, actually living in the future. So uh, Destiny's two, like so the new Destiny two raid came out a few days ago, and to get up to playing it, you need to be a certain level. Otherwise, it's like really hard or, or impossible, depending on what level you get to. Um, we had committed with our group to be ready for the first day that it was ready. Yes, yes. We, we so decided we had, to we go had 10 days to get ready. Yeah, like, and we'll talk about that later. But basically, what I'm saying is I'm playing a lot of Destiny. And what I've been doing is I enabled cross-play, sorry, cross-progression on my account. So I can play it on my PC. And I also installed it on my Xbox because I realized how fun it was to play destiny on a, on a on a console again and i can i can cross progress and it has all of my purchases as well because most of them are on game pass and also beyond light for some reason no beyond lights on game pass as well and also the the seasons you buy are also now being cross purchase as well which is I neat don't so th- I, I don't think they're meant to be no, they are like that. Like we did find it. It it did say oh, that, did. that okay, this, cool. this season at least was either that or because Beyond Light's coming out and it includes the season, then that's technically in crossplay. Not too sure. Anyway, it's really neat um, that I can go between my PC and my Xbox um, and still continue where I'm up to in Destiny. Um, because I'd like I'd I'd be done sitting on my computer, it'd be like really hot in my room, so I just go and continue to play on my Xbox. And then I got into the Microsoft X Cloud beta which means that I can then play games on my phone via Microsoft servers. One of those games is Destiny. And so what I did was I was playing Destiny 2 on my phone from the couch or my bed just with an Xbox controller. And it was as fast as I was playing it on my PC, as fast as I was playing it on my Xbox... Um, I didn't really have much of an issue in terms of like latency. Like I could notice it. I could definitely notice it, but it like it's not a game where it really made a difference. I was also doing like I was doing PvP. I was doing Crucible, and it like I was still like getting pretty high on the scoreboard. Like it wasn't an, at all a, a, an issue for me. Um, and it's kind of fucking nuts um, that this <laughs> exists in the way that it does. I was swapping between games. I was like, ah, oh, I'm done with this. I want to see what Ori's like on here. Then I lit it up Ori and the Will of the Wisps continued because it's all got cross cross save. I just picked up where I left off on the Xbox. And I was like, oh, I'm done with this. Close the app, reopen the app. Let's play Forza Horizon 4. Loaded like that. Started playing Forza Horizon 4. Continued where I was up to. And I'm like, this is kind of fucking insane that I'm just playing this from my phone. Hmm. Um, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This, doesn't, this shouldn't exist. We're not there yet as, like a, as a world. Video games are not there yet. And yet, here it is. Um... It it was it was bonkers. Um, Do you find that your phone screen's too small? I feel like that would be my only issue. 
Sometimes, yeah. Um, looking at the map for Forza, like a lot of the icons are really small. Mm. Um, and uh, Destiny, I didn't really find any issue with it. Um, like I've got it like a big phone. Like I've got like a Pixel 2 XL. Um, uh, but like I could also be playing on my tablet. Like I could load that up on my like Galaxy tab and it would totally be fine as well. Um, and you're playing with an Xbox controller. Um, so like, and like, it's not like I'm playing with touch, touch controls or anything. So like it, it was, it was great. I now want to buy a little attachment for my phone to connect to my Xbox controller. Oh, the little clips. Um, yeah. 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 The little clips. Um, yeah, it was like fucking rad. It's so cool. I, uh, I, I also got into the beta and I, I haven't had as positive an experience with it. Partly because I was trying it via 4G on the bus. <laughs> um, and I was like, and oh, no, this it. is meant to be like, this is meant to be like, like mobile streaming gaming, whatever, right? Portable yeah. mobile gaming. <laughs> bad, 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 bad. Not, not, not good. That, our, our mobile infrastructure is not ready for that much bandwidth. Um, which is great because I don't have the data cap for it either. Um, I think 5G probably will be fine with it, which is also yeah. wild to consider. Yeah, 5G would probably be okay. But on a, on a 4G network, you know, I was going through like a busy suburban, like sort of uh, shop strip right next to train station. So, you know, I, I definitely know that, there's, that the cell towers are right there. Nah, nah, it was bad. It was like, it was... It was consistently about a second behind, um, which for an FPS is really bad. But because of that, like it wouldn't even register my double jumps because it would register the one jump and the second input would come so late it it would miss the jump. <laughs> so I, I couldn't even walk around. So um, yeah, I, I do want to try it in, on, in my bed and stuff like that, like you were saying, Jeremy, or like on the couch if I can. But um, yeah, yeah, just like, let you know, X Cloud was... on the bus. Nah. Yeah, no, yeah. You, a Wi-Fi connection is is strongly recommended. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool. Carrie, talk to me about think... Astro Room, Astro Astro's Playroom, Astro's Playroom. Yeah, I've gotten to, I've gotten to, I'd only played like three or four hours um, by the time we recorded our last podcast. I've I've put a a, a lot more time into this this here machine here um which has allowed me to see more of its faults and more of its beauty uh like i said i'm i'm i, I think miles is absolutely terrifically well done um and an excellent showcase of what the new system can do astro's playroom is so surprisingly delightful um and i'm surprised not just because it's a pack-in and it's good not just because the previous pack-in on ps4 was only for the PS4 camera, so I never used it and wasn't very anything with it. No, no one used it. And, but the the other thing that gets me is because when I watched it, when I watched the preview footage for it, where they showed Cooling Springs, I Cooling Springs, Cooling Springs. I was not at all enthused by it. I was not at all impressed by what I saw. Um, I was like, oh, okay, this looks neat. But getting to explore and discover all of the neat PlayStation nostalgia references that they have in there for myself was amazing. It was, it, it's been incredible. I haven't played the whole thing yet, but basically there's four sections and we spoke about this in the other thing, but there's four, there's four sections and they're based on the, um, on a different component of the PS5 itself. So cooling Springs is a section that's themed on the cooling capabilities of the PS5. And then there's, GPU what are they trying jungle. to do? Sell it to you, even though you already own it? <laughs> yes, they are. I guess, yeah. 
It's the or cult like of convince you that you've made the right purchase. I guess you know it's like, yeah, you you know you've done the right thing. Something something. Um, then there's GPU jungle, and then SS storage speedway, something else, and then it's all and in CPU memory plaza. Meadow. You walk in memory meadow. That's right, and you walk in cpu plaza which is like the hub room and you walk across the middle and the cpu like waves at you and you like you punch worse? the glass it like punches you back but it's all way cuter than it has any it's, right to be it is, it is honestly delightful it is like little big planet one level cute and adorable yeah. um yeah. and has no right to be like honestly like june like uh, it's like, really good Next time I like, see you or next time you come over, like you need to try it because it is so funny and it is so sweet. It is so, so, the, it, it, it earns it. The Astro's Playroom that was on PS4, was that only for VR? Uh, yes, yes. Astro so, so there was, was Astro right? Yeah, yeah Astro yeah, yeah. Rescue yeah. Mission. So, and, and then before that, there was the other PSVR game that was free, which was a pack-in for the PSVR basically, which was... Uh, Playroom VR, which is all about the AstroBots, um, the ones that yeah. came with the camera room. But um, AstroBot VR, that did really well, right? That was supposed to be really good. It's, yeah. it's very critically think, acclaimed, yeah. Is this the s- same amount as good as that, do you think, or better? It's it's a, it's about as good. Um, mm. They they really do nail it. Um, I, I said on last week's podcast that this is the most fun I've had on a 3D platformer since Mario Odyssey. Um, yeah. <laughs> like Those big words. I, I, I'll put it up there with it. Like it, it totally earns it. Um, it's a great 3D platformer, as well as it being like a. It's weird because I think we spoke about this last time, Carrie, about like how it's very like self. It's 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 a it's a masturbatory video game. Um, yeah. You're 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 collecting PlayStation components and like hardware as collectibles, like like the different models of the PS2, for example, PlayStation Move. PlayStation iToy camera, like GPS adapter for PlayStation Portable, like every piece of like peripheral they've ever made, um, they they throw in there as a collectible, um, and uh, in a way, it's like yeah, this is just like like my cynical brain is like yes, this is just them stroking themselves and saying like look like look look at all these products you have consumed, get ready to consume oh. more product. Oh yeah, not, they just, also- not just themselves, but also you. It's it's to help you to realize that you may have nostalgia for this brand and also to feel yeah. better about the purchase you've just made. And that's the thing. I think where I land on this is honestly, PlayStation as a brand of console makers have developed a prestige about them which is like almost unparalleled like nintendo have got it as well but nintendo also like to um give you a cake and then whack the cake so it goes everywhere like after they have made this beautiful cake um uh, so yeah right like um and like and sony have done a really good job of like making you making playstation a culture for better or for worse a lot of the times worse um but they still have earned it. Like a lot of people grew up, like there's a reason like someone might say, I'm a PlayStation kid. Um, and that's because they've been around consistently for this long amount of time, well past what everyone thought they were going to do, which was the the, the running gag um, for PlayStation was when they announced the console, everyone was like, the Walkman guys? <laughs> right. um, that was what everyone said when they first made a PlayStation. And to their credit, they have stuck to it. Um so I think they do earn it in yeah, I mean, if, like 90% of it. 
Yeah, totally. And like saying all of the all of the names of the areas and stuff like that, it's they don't throw it at you. It's not like there's mm. glowing signs everywhere. It's like a neat thing. It's theming. Uh, uh, they do throw one thing at you, actually. Now that you mentioned it, Jeremy, but like, <laughs> but like, wait, wait, it's what, not, what's it's the one the thing you're talking about? Well, I was, I was just thinking, like, it's, it's like the names on the front of the sections when you go into the level, but then it's, but then they don't really give it to you again. Like, it's not like, am I just incorrect? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only because the, there's the song. The, oh, there's that. That's that's I think not even the most egregious. I think I think like maybe the most like typical part of it is like a lot of the time, um, uh, like the, there's X circle triangle square like littered all over this place. You're jumping on things that have got that those symbols on it. Um, you're jumping on like <laughs> there's a part in GPU jungle where you have to like jump from platforms and the platforms are the the thumbs the the, the triggers on the back of the controller. Um, a lot of the type ropes you walk get plugged in at either end, like a PS1 gets plugged into a console um, and it's got like the shape of like a PS1 controller adapted at the end of it. Like it's it's not at all, I think it, I think it is egregious, but I think they still earn it because I think a lot of it is, it's not marketing. Like it is, but it's not because it's it's their branding. But never throughout this entire game am I thinking they're trying to sell me something. Um, it's it is honestly I think the best comparison I could make is the Lego Movie. I haven't seen it. It's great. The Lego Movie great. is a is a is a completely. Um, it's it's it, you don't feel like you're you're being told to buy Lego products. It's made by people who used to make Lego movies like for free on YouTube when they were kids. There's a lot of tiny little things that only people who would have played with Lego could understand. It's not at all made by suits in a marketing department. This game was made by people who understand what PlayStation means to people um, and made the game that they would have wanted to have played. Um, and I think they pulled that off. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely worth your time. Absolutely. And like we said in the last episode... It's, it's that. But it's also an excellent showcase for the new controller, which is, I think, hands down the best part of the new console. Like, I, when I, <laughs> I did a bunch of playing with it, I, um, I did a bunch of Call of Duty, which I'll talk about in a sec with it, um, and then I went to play Destiny 2 on computer, and there's no DualSense support on computer yet. It, Steam says there is, but, like, when I tried it, A, it didn't work, and B, it was, like, vibrating constantly, but, like, like one percent vibrating. So when I plugged it in, it was just—it was like humming. I like picked it up and it was like tingling. It was like so barely, just constantly, just zinging. Anyway, <laughs> but I picked up the DualShock Four to to play Destiny, and I immediately I was like, "Oh, this isn't the DualSense." <laughs> like I didn't realize how quickly I'd, I'd I'd transitioned over. But I picked it up and the triggers had nothing behind it, and it was just like, ah. I mean, this is fine. <laughs> it, it was fine. I got used to it in like 10 seconds, right? But um, but yeah, best best showcase of the new controller. Um, I got the opportunity to do some uh, paid work to record some gameplay for the new Call of Duty game, which then meant that I played through the whole campaign of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War um, over the last week, uh, which was where the majority of my next-gen time this last couple of weeks has gone, uh, into, is into that game. Um, that game is interesting 
in a couple of ways. <laughs> Jeremy and I have spoken in the past about how uh, we both, when we did play Call of Duty, um, when we were younger, we both played uh, the Black Ops, the original Black Ops campaign, and both really, really enjoyed it. Like it's like as a, as a story, like it's an it's an interesting plot. It's it engaged us at the time. It was it was engaging. Like I have active nostalgia about that story. I didn't yeah, realize I. I had because. Because it was it was engaging, it was a good story, blah blah blah. Still Call of Duty, um, and then they came out with Black Ops Two, and it really wasn't as good. And they came out with Black Ops Three, and it had that guy from uh, from Law and Order in it, and and it was all about tripping Christopher out Molina. And, yeah, that's right. And it also had jetpacks. And then Black Black Ops Four didn't even have a campaign mode. So anyway, we're we're back to Black Ops Cold War, which is just the ridiculous name. And this game is, in terms of story, in terms of being sorry, a Christopher Maloney. Sorry, I, I apologize. Maloney. Mr. <laughs> that makes more sense. Sorry. Um, in terms of being a part of the Black Ops universe, it is the sequel that the first game deserved in terms of storytelling that it never got. It's still not close to being as good as the first game was when I played that originally. But it's like, what's what, Jeremy? Sorry, I, I, I Google image search Christopher, uh, Christopher Maloney. Yeah. Um, and... He's shirtless and ripped, wearing a kilt. <laughs> and a kilt. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. <laughs> that guy's in an episode of Scrubs. <laughs> Great. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this game's story is okay. Um, it it tries to, like... The first Black Ops is all about, like, brainwashing and you realise that you're, like, a, you've been turned and you're... I don't know, it's this whole thing. And that was part of why it was good in the first place was the, the, the turns and the foibles of the first story. They try to kind of shoehorn it in there in this game. And like, they, I guess they pull it off, but they pull it off in a way where when the game ends, I just laugh at the screen. I'm just like, all right, I guess. I mean, now it's over and that's how you chose to do it, I guess. <laughs> like, it's really weird. Um, but I think what... Uh, is most interesting in a similar way to Astro what's most interesting about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is the way it uses the controller on the PS5 um, the the adaptive triggers where it gives you like a, a resistance so it's like you pull it with normal force and then you get to like a halfway point where they engage super resistance you have to pull past the point you have to pull past the resistance pull much harder to like get past it and that's on every gun but it's tuned differently to every gun. So, uh, bigger guns, light machine guns and sniper rifles and stuff like that, they take a lot more energy to aim down sights. They take a lot more force to aim down sights. You really have to pull it. And then the, the pull on the trigger is a, is a harder snap. And it's a very, it, it's not done as, um, in your face as Astro. Astro is kind of turned up to 11 in terms of all the feedback you get. But the feedback in Cold War is small enough and ubiquitously used enough and it's an action you're doing the whole time you know call of duty is run and shoot you know like that's the those are the verbs of the game and for something that you do so often they use it effectively enough run shoot and war crime is what the three verbs are and war crime, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i i think it's really i'm, I'm most the biggest reason i'm bring it up is basically because I'm really interested that um, one of the biggest uses I've seen out of it 
from a third party um, has been so well done. It's been so well utilized. I didn't. I, w- I wasn't expecting it to have good third party support for the Dual Sense this early. Um, I was expecting it more to be like the touchpad, where it's like the only thing I think that I remember using the touchpad out of games in the last five years that wasn't a Sony exclusive was like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You could like pinch to zoom the map and like and like scroll around on it and that's it and it kind of sucked <laughs> and i was expecting this to kind of go the same way but um it didn't and it was good um yeah i mean it, that game kind of does a similar thing that the last modern warfare did where they kind of rewrite history to be a bit more america centric in terms of what happened in the 80s and it was like oh not this not good <laughs> not good um but in terms of it being a super, in terms of a superficial, non-critical look, it's fine. It, I, it's not. I wouldn't say it's one hundred and twenty dollars fine. I wouldn't say it's one hundred and ten dollars fine. I would say get this on sale if you really want to play a Call of Duty game. Um, and if you manage to get a PS Five, it's not a bad showcase with the Dual Sense. Um. But yeah, shall we move on to the question corner for this week? Sure. I reckon. Um, what's the question, Jim? <laughs> what's your favorite multiplayer game slash mode? I, I think it was that we were saying it's multiplayer game. It was just what's your favorite multiplayer anything? Okay, like how it might be like the multiplayer part of a game that also has single player, for example. Okay, cool. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, or it could be a game that is only multiplayer. I see. I see. That's a good question. Pass me. Mm. I agree. Current me. What? Uh, have a think, everyone. We we will, and when we do, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. What's your favorite time that you can have in a game with other people? I'm not sure. I still haven't come up with my answer. What'd you Jude, say what's like the question that? for the week? <laughs> I don't know why you phrased it like that. Segways, can you tell? Um, the question, better worded, is: uh, <laughs> What's your favorite multiplayer game slash mode of that multiplayer game, or multiplayer mode? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I f- I feel like all of my answers like relate to like if i have fond memories of a multiplayer mode or a multiplayer game i feel like it ties into like fond feelings of a of a time in my life if that makes sense like it's less yep. about like I, I i less think about um oh wow the the when i was 15 you know i was talking about black ops before you know that was like the first call of duty i properly played and i played the multiplayer and i really enjoyed it but, like, I don't care about the mechanics of that game. You know, like, it doesn't... It Like, that's not what I think fondly of. I just think of the having fun at the time in that time of my life. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. What, what, what do you all think? What are your all answers? Um, my... I have a couple. I think they're all different for different reasons. Um, I guess Crash of the Titans... Which I think was on PS2, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I only because I played I it with my Wii. sister. Uh, I played that it with game Ella. Has multiplayer. 
Yeah, it's really fun. Because, like, one person plays as the monster and the other one plays as the monster on on the back, I think, if I remember properly. Um, anyway, am I thinking of the right game? Is this the right game that I'm thinking of? Crash of the Now Titans. I'm doubting myself. I'm on, I'm on the case. Are you thinking about Please, Mind of a Mutant? You. Oh, it might be that one. No. The one where you possess other, like, monsters? Yes, it's that one. Is it Mind yeah, of a Mutant? Th- 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 they were both that game. One came before the other. I don't know which one had a multiplayer. I have no idea. I don't think those okay, multiplayer. One of them had multiplayer. Had. One of them had multiplayer and uh, you could play together and I played with my sister a lot. I don't Crash know if it's the, the best. Crash of the Titans had co-op. Pardon? Crash of the Titans had co-op. Kerry, uh, I think your internet just shut itself for a bit. Oh, my videos aren't loading. Is everything okay? Can you hear me? Barely. Yeah. Barely? What does that mean? Is your PS5 updating? <laughs> no, it's off. <laughs> Did it turn itself on? Okay, no. Jim it, Ryan bursts into your house and say, Oi, time to play Astrobot. <laughs> the YouTube video is loading now. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Um, Welcome back. What did you say? I said Crash of the Titans has co op. Yeah, okay. So it was Crash of the Titans. So I was right. Um, but it's probably doesn't, it probably doesn't hold up now, you know? So I was also thinking about Until Dawn, but passing the controller around like you're not supposed to. <laughs> um, with multiple people. Otherwise, Sea of Thieves. They're my three answers. Mm, I thought about Sea of Thieves. I always think about Sea of Thieves. <laughs> what was your middle one, sorry? Um, what did I say? Until, until Dawn. Until Dawn. Oh, yeah, Until Dawn. Yeah, I, I wanted to. Even though I it's feel not like I missed the boat s- on that one. Specifically, uh, Multiplayer. But you well, can make it multiplayer. Right? Because, well, yeah, that's the thing. And it's like, that's a similar thing where it's like, it's the memories of doing it with all the people and like how yeah. one person who you were playing with fucked it up. But like you played it like all in one night or something, didn't you? With a whole group of friends? Yeah, yeah, we did. I've done it multiple times. And it's, it's the story is always different every time you play with different people because everyone makes different choices. So, yeah. Um, neat. Very neat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and we've spoken we've spoken about Sea of Thieves ad nauseum, but yeah, that game is yes. really pretty yes. special. What do you, what do you got, Jeremy? So for so I I have a I I think I think Carrie at the beginning you touched on something, um, uh, which was like talking about playing Black Ops at a certain time in your life, um, and I think this is not like a conventional answer but a lot of mine never are um because i have the most fond memories of playing like a handful of games a very specific handful of games when xbox live was at its peak um back uh, on the 360 in particular um i think because there was something like there's that there's that meme about like uh like the, the, the there's a lot of different versions of it but the current one is COVID 19 coronavirus trump what are you talking about it's 2006 let's go home and play some gears of war and eat some chips and stay up all night or something like that right yeah 
but like th- there's something there was something truly special about literally coming home from school every day hopping on xbox live and there would already be three or four parties happening in any given moment just jumping in and just playing halo or modern warfare 2 or black ops just with my friends because it happened every single night there was never a night where someone wasn't playing in a group with with a bunch of other friends and it was so so special it was so it's hard to it's hard to um it would be like coming home every day and seeing a bunch of people on different discord channels playing a bunch of games that you really love and also knowing that you can get home and not have to do anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i'm like 12 years old i'm 13 years old i'm not i don't have work the next day i have school i don't have to cook dinner my parents are cooking dinner right like i don't have to think about going to the shops or paying bills or whatever so obviously it's a very specific time in my life in this specific time in the games industry but i cannot talk about how i cannot talk enough about how special it really was um, because the the level of connectivity that the 360 had at its peak was mind blowing. The, the ease of the multiplayer that the, the, that console brought to the mainstream was insane. Um, and uh, you know, like there's there's this thing about um, Halo being on PC now um, and being high res, and the multiplayer being honestly really good now. They've done a really great job with Master Chief Collection. And Kerry, you're playing these games for the first time and going, this multiplayer is really great. And I'm like, yeah, it is really good. And in my mind, there's this thing, there's this thing that's at the back of my mind the entire time. I was like, it's just not as good as when I first experienced it. Um, which is yeah, like, you, kind you of- You burn out on these multiplayer releases because it's like, oh man, Halo 3, that's the best one. That's the one we enjoyed the most. Like, I can't wait till that one comes out because oh, for whatever reason, I didn't want to play the Halo 1 multiplayer. It was like, Halo 3, we'll all be around for that and we'll play it all night. And then like- no one and I'll play like I'll, play yeah, I'll, I'll play three hours and I'll go like I've played hundreds of hours of this in my teen years. Um, I don't know. It's it 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 is really hard to talk about. It like honestly, it's more like impactful than playing Minecraft multiplayer with my friends. Um, and that game was like also also very important to me as I was going through high school. But like the fucking Xbox Live peak was just like unbelievable um something that consoles now have not been able to recapture um they like the playstation 4 parties um xbox even the xbox one stuff like it just it just didn't it just didn't capture the same way like i think xbox now have made good faith efforts to do things like clubs um to try and recapture that style but like playstation never had the nintendo definitely never got there and PC until Discord honestly came along, it was really hard to organize playing games with people. Yeah. Um, you'd have to do like a Skype call, um, which, you know, say, it seems crazy nowadays to consider doing Skype for games, um, just because of the ease of access of dropping in and out on Discord. Um, so that's I don't know mode or game whatever. That's my favorite multiplayer like thing, like moment. Yeah. Um, but for a specific game, I think probably Halo 1 um, Halo on one. PC. Halo 1 on PC. Modded to shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like, the, the amount of lobbies that were there, just jumping in and doing a random dumbass, like, hey, 
this is like a 64v64 map on Blood Gulch, which is like a tiny <laughs> ass map. Everybody's assault rifle is going to shoot tank shells. Have fun. Um, yeah. And it's just like, it's just constant explosions. The frame rates are going to like shit. It's becoming a slideshow. People are screaming down the mic. People are <laughs> swearing in the fucking text chat. And it, it's like, it's awful. And I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There, there was something. There was something special about uh, Halo, which it doesn't. It just doesn't have that excitement around it anymore. Um, but I will say, there's a game mode in Halo Five, which is a PvPVE game mode, mm. where it's a very, very big map, and you have two teams. You have a red team and a blue team, and I think there's about twenty-four players on each team, and there's a ton of mobs all throughout the map which are there and you, you can control different points in the map. And then depending on how many points in the map you can you control, the more points your kills on the enemy team do. But you can also get points by killing mobs in the world as well. And different mobs are worth different points. And then you can save up individual points, which you get by doing kills on some of the random enemies that are around the map or player kills. And then you can spend those on consumable cards to bring in to your map and that might be like a warthog that might be like this really good weapon that might be like a tank and the matches usually go for about 25 minutes they're, they're quite long matches but it was a really fascinating way to redo what halo multiplayer could have been and i don't know if many people talk about it i don't know if anybody really seems to enjoy it as much as i did but i remember thinking that this thing was great and it was don't get me wrong it was still was you were purchasing real money for card packs but it was still a really, really great game mode, and I never spent any real money on it. Um, it was really, really neat. Um, a really neat reimagining. Um, so, yeah, that was... Those are mine. Yeah. I, I heard fond things about that mode as well, Jeremy, but I think it was hurt a lot by how poorly that game did. Yeah. Yeah, um, it totally was. And how much they changed in the gameplay so that the, the the multiplayer felt so different like there was aim down sights all of a sudden and yeah that was all halo 4 stuff um and yeah and like and halo 5 didn't get rid of it um yeah like i it it totally didn't feel like halo that's for sure um but it was still like a really good mode that they had obviously put a lot of thought and effort into um and i think it was maybe a little bit uh, undeservedly like unappreciated hmm. it reminds me of uh, gambit in some ways you know that pvpve mm. where Except Gambit's different in that you've got these two parallel worlds and then you can send one person from each team across to the other side to invade. Um, As opposed to one big map where you can cross over at at any other time, like a normal map. Um, Yeah, no, it's interesting. I had... um, I've got a couple of responses here. Yesterday... Jeremy and I, and we'll talk about this in the in the coming section, which I feel like we've said 18 times, but we were playing some of the Destiny 2 raid content. And it reminded me of this uh, first-person shooter I played on Steam back in, like, 2011. And it was this game that didn't really do that well, um, didn't really have that many Australian servers, but it was called Shattered Horizon. And it was a zero-gravity PvP first-person shooter, um, which... I just loved the concept of, so obviously it was zero gravity. So you could, you had to like hold a different button to like rotate yourself a certain way in space, but all of, because it was zero gravity, you're in these like 
it was shattered horizon right like the like the moon had been exploded by something something and so you were you were like running you were the all of the maps were like across rubble areas or like destroyed satellites stuff like that and so you'd come to like like a tunnel like a big tube had been like blown out and so there was this floating tunnel in the in the center of the map or something like that and you could anchor yourself to whatever you were standing on and then walk around it or you could be floating spin around be just poking up over the edge of it um i i only ever played about maybe eight hours um but it, it was it was something that was it was actually well done um it just never had the player base for me to like really hook into it but um it's a concept that I really just love the idea of, and I and I wish I'd been able to play it more. Um, we've played a lot of battle royales over the last couple of years. I was wondering if you were uh, going to bring this up. And Apex is the one I think that's stuck around the longest in terms of from when we started playing it to you know still wanting to play it today. Um, but I don't think we've put as many hours into Apex over as long a period as we put into PUBG over a much shorter period of time. Um, playing PUBG in 2017 with all of all of you guys, like I played with you as well, June and and Ollie and um, and Harry, like four other friends we were playing with as well. Jordy, Aaron, like every a lot of people who we studied with, right? Um, you know, we had a pretty uniquely tight group of friends from that study group. And coupled with the the explosion of the Battle Royale genre into the mainstream and being a part of it. And Discord. Of, and adding Discord into that as well. Oh, Discord had been around for a little bit, but yeah, that was, yeah. That was, that was the start, I think, of something really special in that in those in the the year of 2017 for PUBG basically as soon as they came out of early access a lot of people started feeling pretty grumpy about it because a lot of stuff was still broken um things started changing they added the third map they added new vehicles like stuff like that and we got pretty tired of it but that first what it was like April till December that eight months Mm. I have nothing but fond memories of Mm -hmm. and I frequently wish we could go back to in a way that I know we can't (laughs) Yeah. Because we've been yeah. we've been spoiled, we've been ruined by better experiences, um, and you go back and you're like, God, I've got to reload all the weapons, and oh my God, everyone's better at this than they used to be, and everyone's better than me now, and oh, this is slow, and you know, you're driving across the desert in a truck, and all of a sudden you hit just a slightly bumpy hill, and you come to a dead stop, and you're like all of your characters go, oh, and, <laughs> and you're all gonna take painkillers, but oh, it's it. It's something I don't think can possibly be done now because the experience has been refined by Call of Duty Warzone, by Apex, by Fortnite, where you would have the moments of intensity if you if you landed hot, you know, and you somehow survived, um, and then you 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 kind of just fucked around for twenty minutes while you waited for the circle <laughs> to get smaller. <laughs> but but also for the first hundred hours I played that game, I took it so seriously and I was so scared. It was like a it was like a thriller horror game to me because I was like, "Did you hear that? Shots to the north. We gotta run!" Like <laughs> like there's something so special about the start of that that experience that I just wish we could go back to because it it was so unique and so wonderful. One of my favorite stories is June and I. We were playing. 
it might have been like fucking two or three a.m. and <laughs> we had landed at like the top of the map, and there was one other team there, and we spent like <laughs> twenty minutes trying to kill this other team before we before we finally won. Like we won the fight. We're like beaten to shit. We've got no fucking ammo. There's no vehicles around. We're at the corner of the map. And Are you on we, the mountain? No, we're in like some fucking like lake lake town, some dock town. Oh, okay. And <laughs> the fucking circle starts coming in and <laughs> like we're just slowly dying while fucking Bangarang is playing. <laughs> And I'm like, this sucks. Why did why did we come here? Why did we not think about the circle? And like, like well, we would, we would, we had played this game long enough to realize we should have looked at the circle, but we yeah, did not. Yeah. Um, and we were just like taking damage while we're slowly coming to our death. While I think I was trying, trying not to cry while trying to run at the same time. It was just the fucking stupidest moment, and it was so funny. And I will never fucking forget it too. Um, <laughs> similarly, I remember when we were playing with our friend Harry and I think I was really drunk at the time and <laughs> we were in like a small compound and we were maybe halfway through, maybe two thirds of a way through a match. And this is in Carrie's, vi- this is in one of Carrie's videos. I don't know, I don't know which one it's in, but I, I swear to God, I swear oh. to fucking, I swear to fucking Christ, he had no nameplate above his head. And I see a body laying on the ground moving. And I'm like, oh my God, an enemy's been here the entire time. And I shotgun him in the face. <laughs> and Harry's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he's like, you shot me. I'm like, that's you? And so I get him back up and I like drop all my good shit and I give it to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's like, why the fuck did you shoot me? And I'm Ollie's like, pissing I- himself. Ollie's having the best time <laughs> while I'm drunkenly trying to like rack my brain to see if I just missed like the nameplate floating above his head. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking, what a good, what a good period of that game, of that franchise as well. Of that like, of that game mode rather. That genre. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, it, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, when, um, when they went to 1.0, I remember you, Jeremy, and Ollie, you two specifically being really salty about the state of the game yep. and the label they put on it. Basically mm-hmm. being like, if this is meant to be finished, why does it play like this? If this is meant to be finished, why does it feel like this? This yep. doesn't feel right. They shouldn't have done this. It's still an early access. They still need to fix this. And I was heavily of the opinion that um, regardless of the label they put on it, whether it was early access, whether it was 1.0, it's still the same game. I just want to keep loving this game. Um, and so I was I was banging the PUBG drum for longer than you two were in the end before we let it go for a little while. And then there was a moment, you know, what was it, like eight months later? <laughs> Apex had been out. A game. It, was like an, it was like a year and a half later. And, and Apex had been out and... <laughs> Fortnite had was dominating and we hadn't played in ages and it was like, oh, do you want to try playing? I was like, yeah, I can go some PUBG. And we played like terrible. three matches and Jeremy awful. died immediately at the start of one of them. And it was like, well, Jeremy's just dead. He's just dead now. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm not going to leave, but also Jeremy just has to sit here and watch me wait for me to find someone who will immediately, instantaneously eviscerate me. But in the meantime, I've just got to find some fucking buggy with th- one of its wheels shot out and drive across the desert. 
like it it just the 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 shine the polish on it is well and truly gone there's just it, there's next to nothing left there for me anymore <laughs> and it's it's so bizarre it's such a weird flash of the pan experience but i love yeah, it so right. much <laughs> um and then like yeah the last thing i want to touch on is in terms of multiplayer in fact now that i'm saying this it's not really uh, applicable I was going to say Super Smash Brothers because that is, like, you know, a multiplayer game, but I was going to talk about how I have fun memories of playing it on my own. <laughs> and now I think about it, it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's not multiplayer. I was like, it's just what I used to play when I was six. <laughs> that's not multiplayer, though, so let's move on. <laughs> like, I know it wasn't, but you may, you may, okay, let me, let me, let me choose my words very carefully here, Gary. You make your childhood sound so sad. <laughs> Oh no! No, it was lovely. That's what like, I, I have fun memories of waking can, up in the morning tell. before everyone else and turning on the telly and, and playing on the on the Corneria map and the and the Legend of Zelda map and it was fun. By myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> my big brother didn't want to play with me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's tricky, right? Like every now and then in my family we say that um Mum and Dad had two only children because Dan and I were so far apart. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> I swear it's a fond memory. Anyway, what's the, what's the next question for next week, June? What's your comfort game? What's your comfort game? Now, I immediately guessed Jeremy's. <laughs> but it's a no prize if you can guess mine. But this is I this is a deeper question I feel like than I know what to do with. I feel like I have many answers to this question. Mm-hmm. To be think answered in a fortnight's time. Yeah. Pardon? I said I said think about it. Think about it. <laughs> uh hey Carrie, do you want to leave and come back? Because I think you're on a more of a delay since you went laggy. Okay, one sec. What a no. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. It's funny you saying that your mum had two only children makes me. It, it makes me then feel like that my parents had one sibling, <laughs> like like I had like one one like they had one big brother. <laughs> they just never had the. Then they just never had the younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about? Talk about first here, Jeremy. You want to talk a little bit about Xbox, um, and then we also wanted to touch on the the Destiny Two I- expansion. I actually spoke about Xbox through what I wanted to talk about by xCloud, so I think I oh, okay, great. basically just talk about the, va- the raid. So, um, over the last six months, we like our group has gotten more heavily into Destiny. Obviously, we, we jumped in with Shadowkeep last year, but then the clan that we've been a part of for the last six months, um, run by our good friend Byron, who's a listener of the show. Hello, Byron. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show, listener of the show. Paul Tassie's uh, number one been... fan. Is what? Who's fan? Paul Tassie's number one fan. Paul Tassie's number one fan, that's correct. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, so we've been a part of this, this clan group and it's been very good to be in a group of people that is large enough to do raids with. Um, all three of us were around when Destiny 2 came out on PC and we were all very keen to load it up, get to level and be ready for the Leviathan raid on PC. 
And this is when we're at AIE, at AIE and Ollie was almost on board. And we, all, we just barely scraped together six people, but we could never figure out a time to do it. And then like our sixth just basically stopped playing the game. So then we only had five and they didn't have a good LFG system then. And we never did the raids. And then you started um, hating Destiny. Yeah, and I was disappointed by the vanilla Destiny 2 experience. I was expecting more. Um, and it was like vanilla Destiny 1, but different in ways that I was not a fan of. Um, and I, I bounced off hard. And so then we came back for Shadowkeep last year. I was like, oh, whatever, that's fine. And we started we started going through the backlog of raids. There's like there's like one raid, like two raid, three raid layers, another extra raid. And then they added a raid with shadow keep. And like, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of raids in destiny two now. So many, um, well not now they've altered a bunch of them. But this year there's been so many raids and we've been doing them and we've spoken about them, but like what we've been doing basically is being sherped through by people who knew what they were doing. And they already knew the, the cheeses and the exploits to get through faster and they already knew the best strats and the best weapons and they just carried us through and it was old content and it didn't have any of the shine, polish, excitement of doing the raid, you know? Like, they were great to do. It's some of the best content in Destiny, but I feel like when I played it, I was always left feeling like, oh, that's cool. I wish I got to learn this at the time. I wish I got to be in the moment. Um... On the weekend, we got to be in the moment. We got to... We did it. So we we decided we were going to do day one raid for the new Beyond Light expansion. The raid's called uh, Deep, Deep Stone, Stone Crypt. Crypt. I remember. I remember. Can't say I don't remember. And it's set on Europa and it's all about how the Exos are made and also maybe the Fallen are going to create like eternal life and started creating monstrosities and there's lots of... Lots of, it's like a raid that had like a really good story within it, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, it was actually really, really incredible to be a, a part of this day one experience. And it was hard to get there. Um, Jeremy and I were both the, were respectively myself and then Jeremy were the lowest level characters in the group. Um, I barely just slid in under the power cap, um, which was not good. I, I, I got some, some metaphorical over discord like stink eyes from my clanmates and and that was fair enough because like I, I i barely got enough time in like i had to put in like 12 hours on the saturday and we started on the sunday <laughs> um but we did it and and we got there and my level was okay it wasn't too big a hindrance um i don't i don't i don't know where to start with what to say about this but just that it is one of my favorite moments in games this year yeah, and it's that, not. Yeah. It's not because I can't. I don't think I can point to like the the one like incredible set piece or the one incredible moment. Like completing the raid was excellent, right? And doing the encounters was great, and learning them, and struggling with them, and coming back and doing it the next day, and then going back with the second characters and the jokes we made at the time, and being frustrated and overcoming it. Like all of that was good, but. None of those singular moments are the things that elevate it. It was just the whole experience was wonderful. It was wonderful to do with friends. It was wonderful to do uh, mostly blind. We had a couple of people who knew a bit more than we did. And that was good as well because they could give us hints. Um, but yeah, I, I've been rambling a bit. Uh, Jeremy, how did you feel about the whole thing? 
Um, I think I, th- I, I do think the Raids are Destiny's best content. Um, I think not just because that they are the most uh, authored content outside of the main campaigns, which are relatively short, um, but they are they they have a, a feeling of uh, excitement and importance to them, which I think is really hard to get across in the main campaign, aside from maybe the first and the last missions of, of each respective story. Um, I think that the one of the most important things about the raids is that they are the combat is difficult like the combat is it is end game content you have to be at a certain level to do it because otherwise you'll have a really bad time um but that's not even the hardest part um the hardest part honestly is figuring out the puzzles um and that's because not the not the, the puzzles are impossible to figure out they're not things that are really obtuse they are things that you get all the information basically to learn and you then have to figure out with the tools how to fix the problem um yeah they, Every it's raid. like they, they introduce like new and interesting, like somewhat complex mechanics and don't give you the tutorial. Yeah, yeah, like and and that's not like that's not poor design, that's by design. They 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 will give you everything they need everything you need to know to do it. Um it's just about how long you take to get it done. Um and to learn. They also do maybe yes, yes, to learn. You have to learn it and then you have to execute it. Um they they do my favorite thing in game design, which is they'll get a very simple, a, a relatively simple mechanic, and then they will expand upon that one idea to the nth degree, um, and then the final encounter is just execution. It is like you now know what you need to do. Time to get it right, um, and it feels so rewarding. It is it is like it is design one hundred and one to its fundamentals, and they do it flawlessly. Um, uh, I'm not going to talk about the. I I think let's let's spend the last five minutes of it just talking about the spoilers, Carrie. Not about the story, but just about like the puzzles. Um, but like they they do some really incredible things, and it's all it's all teamwork based. A lot of it is like you you have to be on top of it, and you have to be communicating. You have to get your shouts right. You have to name certain parts in the map really really specifically so that there's no mistakes or anything and mistakes do happen and if you've got a good group then like you'll let the mistakes happen it's okay it's just a game but everybody just has to be on top of what they have to do and so the second encounter no sorry the the first encounter i think is maybe was maybe the one of the most incredible times that we've had um because we got it right like we totally got it right and we knew what we had to do and it didn't really take us that long to figure it out um i think less than a lot of other people honestly um yeah it took us two hours to do that encounter from front to back when we first got there and we didn't we didn't know anything when we got there yeah like we went com- we went in completely blind um and i remember there was there was like there was basically three teams doing different things at that time there was two, I'll say less important teams. And then there was like the one team of two people that had to take, had to, had to relay information to, towards one another. And then that, that activated damage phase. And we had to do that about three times. We did that twice and we did all right. Um, we were getting everything done, but we, we, like, we had to do it before the, by, before the end of the third damage phase because at the end of the third damage phase, it's a wipe because you didn't do it fast enough, basically. In the third time we had to do it, someone died. 
and or so, so something happened and basically everybody had to change up roles by one everyone just had to move left a role and had to redo a bunch of stuff um not like retry but had to do immediately adapt in the next role and so then i got thrown into a role which i knew how to do but it was not one i was doing someone else then had to do my role which they knew how to do because they were seeing me do it but had never done it before and then everyone else also had to adapt to that as well while we were a person down until they got back up again um and it was so touch and go it was like oh fuck okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna take it i'm gonna go and i just went down and they were like relaying the information i'm like this one they're like that one up this one yep 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 and they're like yep 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 um and then we got it and it felt so good it felt Mm. so rewarding because we we totally like we were not prepared for that final encounter to go the way it did but we adapted in a way that was so unexpected and so tangential um it felt so rewarding and like the other the other encounters they were like they had those moments as well we totally had those moments where we 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 filled each other's roles when we went a person down we then readapted when that person was then revived and then everybody fell back into their place and their role again um it was a lot of fun that and like the location for the raid was was really really cool it was it was unlike other like every raid is unique um, this one is no different. It had a really great location, had some really great story moments. Um, reframed a lot of Destiny as a like as a whole, um, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and was just a really really great experience. It's it's an experience I think I wish was maybe a little bit easier to. I, I wish more, I wish more people could have the experience we had. Um, it's hard yeah. to get six people to get together and play this game i think maybe there's a way they can introduce raids to people who are not at that level um i i get that they're end game content and they're meant to be hard but it would be so cool if other people could felt what we felt when we played it um if there was a way you could do a raid at a lower level i don't think it really would have made a difference or even a raid at like a scalable level like a raid will be as difficult for us as difficult as it was for us towards other people relative to what level they are in their characters. I think that would be a really positive thing. I get that that's not what it is. It's meant to be endgame content, but um, it was a truly fantastic experience and one of the best um, experiences I've had in Destiny, if not maybe the best. Um, yeah, it was it was really great. It was really great being in a group of people who also didn't know how to do it. Um, how long and did I, and it... I was, I, Sorry, how long did it take you to finish? Was it a long one as well? They normally go for quite a while, right? Uh, I think I did so the math the in my head. It might have been 12 hours. Uh, it was eight hours the first day, and then we took a break, and then we did like half an hour the second day. I'm just going to check my VODs because I streamed the entire thing exclusively. So Exclusive? I, 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 excuse me. <laughs> No, I mean as in I only streamed us playing the raid. I didn't st- stream before or after is what I mean. Right. I was streaming as well. Um, but what was it? It was it was, it was was eight, then like half an hour, and then I think five. So what, like, yeah, 13, 13 hours, 13.50, I think. Uh, Chunky. 4.2. Maybe a little less, maybe more like 12 and a half. Um, yeah, it was. And it was over a few days, right? So when we were doing it on day one, there's a contest modifier. Um, the raid enemies start at 1220. There's four encounters. 
They go 1220, 1230, 1240, 1250. That's their power level. It was about um, 13 and a half hours is, is what my, my VOD comes up to. Yeah, cool. Um, but on day one, the contest modifier caps Guardian's light power level at 1230. So you start above level and then get to at level and then under level and then 20 under level. So like on the people who cleared the, the raid day one, were uh, were working against all the odds. The the boss the the bosses and like the stronger enemies in the final encounter became like one shot enemies, um, and you really had to manage everything. Like everything became more fatal um, and dangerous. Uh, we we tried for the first couple of hours. Uh, no, for the first eight hours on that first day, and we got through some of the second encounter. We knew what we had to do, but we couldn't execute on it. We got a bit tired. It was time to wrap up. And so when we came back the second day, we we blitzed it because a lot of us, a lot of the um, team had power leveled their characters to 1250. The contest modifier was taken off on day two and then um, everyone's power levels were above where we were on the second encounter. They weren't like at level. So we were, we trounced this, we trounced the encounter. It was so easy once, once the contest was done because ev- a lot of the other people in the team had done um, it, like a, a lot of preparation to be at slash over level for the raid. Um, and it was interesting because we were talking to Ollie. Well, Ollie was saying something as we were finishing the raid, as we were doing the last encounter, he was like, I wish there was a way we could turn the contest modifier on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was saying like, like obviously we were doing that, that 1230, that contest mode. And it was kind of cool. And we, it was a neat challenge. And Ollie likes hard destiny. You know, there's, there's like, story destiny and stuff like that but he also likes playing hard destiny is what he says um and he was saying it would be really nice to have the option to to opt in to do a contest mode raid where you are capped you know you can still use your most powerful gear but it will only do so much um and i think that that sort of plays into what you were saying as well jeremy where it's like if they could introduce a more accessible version you know a a a maybe as mechanically intense but far less lethal version of the raid um that had matchmaking or something like that and that way people could see mm. the um and maybe they introduce it like two weeks or three weeks after the raid comes out right so people who are interested and just want to play it but don't have a group or something like that they can give it a go um and that way they can see the excellent story moments that happened in this raid and the cool that there are cool set pieces in this game as well uh, there's an incredible traversal section um but yeah, no, there's just some part of the raid experience that really is quite inaccessible. Um, you need, you know, it's like how to like to catch all the Pokemon. You need, like, you know, use the original Game Boy example where it's like you need someone to have bought, you need a friend who's, who has another whole other Game Boy and then you need to have either coordinated or have lucked out and gotten the opposite versions of the games to each other, red or blue. And then one of you needs to invest and get the chat link cable and then the other one, and then you both need to invest to, like catch the pokemon that the other person can't catch to then trade with them like it's a it's a whole like that that's so much you know you need six people to have bought the game you need six people to have put in 20 hours plus to it since the since the expansion came out to get up to level um and then you need them all to at that point be have the time available you know put aside whole days jeremy and i took days off work to be able to do this I, I, everyone did. Everyone took days off work to be able to do this. Um, yeah, no, it's a, 
it's a it's an interesting problem. I don't know if it's a problem that Bungie necessarily wants to solve, or if it's just like that's just how it be. Yeah. But I I think if a more accessible version of this, you know, it's like trying to add an accessible version into Sekiro or, or Bloodborne or Demon Souls. Like, that's not inherently a bad thing. I understand it goes against the design or the idea of it. But uh, they're obviously putting a lot of work into these raids, right? If they're twelve yeah. hours of extra content and good extra content with good level design and good puzzle design, why wouldn't they want more people to enjoy that? Right. Right. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting, and and I think part of it is like appeasing the hardcore audience as well, like the the people who've stuck with them through thick and thin. I I I agree. I agree. But the 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 hardcore get antsy when they don't feel like their time is being respected. Well, maybe they should be less of a baby. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. They should change their <laughs> it sounds like a them problem. Yeah. Because um, like, I was thinking about it because I was listening to another podcast and there was like a bunch of like journos who were talking about Destiny and are talking about the new expansion. They were saying, yeah, the story's really good and all that stuff. And one of them plays Destiny religiously um, and is really into and like was doing the raid and everything was also streaming the raid on day one, all that stuff. And I remember hearing the others thinking like, that sounds so cool. I would never have the time. Like, it's just like, it's not even like on their radar. And I remember thinking like, oh, I'd really love to hear their perspective on the raid because it does some really interesting things and all that stuff. And then I remember how much time I put into it. Like I was literally in bed playing Destiny. Um, And... I, things are serious, everyone. Uh, I remember thinking, like, yeah, that's just not a, like, you know, if I, if I had a kid, or if I like had a full time job, like, no, not, not a chance. Well, I, I mean, I can kind of speak to this because on the you have a kid, so no, I don't have a kid. <laughs> so beyond light the expansion came out on the wednesday between xbox launch and ps5 launch day i was working two full day shifts and then a weekend shift um i had my i got my ps5 and i needed to get impressions ready for the podcast we did for it um a couple of weeks ago the expansion came out i knew i needed to get through the story content and get to the post game content to level up and then i received an opportunity to do some more work for ign that was more timely, right? I've been doing some like backfill guide stuff, some like, oh, this is popular stuff, but it's for a game that was released two years ago. And this was like an opportunity to do something for the Call of Duty game that came out this year. Um, it was an opportunity I couldn't say no to, right? And squeezing in this Call of Duty opportunity as well as the Destiny raid, honestly, it was the most stress I've ever experienced in my life. Like, because I, I couldn't say no to this opportunity. It was... But there was no way I could say no to it. It was, it was like, just full stop. Like, that's the end of the, the story of that one. And I had to put the time in, and it was time critical. Um, but unfortunately, so was this Destiny content. And it was, unfortunately, you know, not something I was getting paid for, not something that I could put on a resume. It was just something that I wanted to do. It, it, it was a hobby. And it was getting squeezed out. I'm lucky I had the time in to put aside that whole Saturday and just barely get up to stuff to be a part of the raid. And I'm incredibly thankful that I was able to. But, like, it was this close. And I don't know that I'm ever going to sign up to do a day one raid again because of it. Um, because there is stuff that comes up, you know? If, you know, if a family member goes into hospital or something like that and whatever. Like, we had someone who was on standby to do, to be our seventh person, right? In case one of us had to drop out. And then our, and our backup 
ended up dropping out first, which then meant when I was saying, oh, look, I don't know if I can get up to level, people were like, well, it's kind of you or it's nothing. And so I had to be there. Mm. It was an incredible amount of pressure. Um, because, and, and I'm glad I got there and I would do it again. But, I mean, like, if I, if I went back another week and a half, I would do it again. I don't know if I'm signing up for the next one because it was too much. And I don't know yeah. where I'm going to be in a year. I don't know where I'm going to... I don't know where everyone else is going to be in a year. It's a lot. Um, I'm glad you had the chance to experience it at yeah. least once then. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Um, but I'll do it again, yeah, but no, I don't really do much else with my life apart from play video games, so that's all right. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I would I would like to say I could do it again. I would love to try and do it again, but yeah, it's it's just not that accessible. <laughs> yeah, that's really not. Um I think that's about it. Did you have any questions about the raid or Jeremy, did you want to talk about any other moments from it specifically? Any other spoiler moments? Unless June you want to stay clear of it. No, it's alright. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't actually really think I even really need to talk about the spoiler moments. Like, it's uh, it it's really Pardon good me. sci-fi. Like, it's 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 really right up my alley sci-fi. Um, you know, like robots and humanity and all that all that jazz. That's like that's my shit. That's that's Blade Runner, baby. Um, uh, so I've had a great time throughout most of it. Um, all of it, honestly. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would like that raid if I didn't do it blind, but I really do love it because I did. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm very excited to do Vault of Glass blind, um, on day one, hopefully, whenever that comes through. Um, and hopefully I think, you know, like, I think by that time, mm, getting to light cap now where like i'm almost there um i'm about i don't know probably got maybe 10 hours on each character left if i want to get to light cap but there's it's a long time between now and the next raid um so i'll probably be at level by the time the release date of that raid gets announced um and then i'll, I'll already be there when it comes out um so that's fine uh carrie would you consider doing vault of glass if it means you're already at light cap you don't even have to grind anymore yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm. Oh, you've already done that raiders. raid, haven't you? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, there's two things. So, Vault of Glass is the first Destiny raid ever, and they're bringing it back into Destiny Two. Um, I will already be at Light Cap. They they increase the Light Cap with every season, but I like because I've I've done the raid so like today, not today, this for this season. Um, I'm I'm at the cap, and it will be much easier to get to level to do um, the Vault of Glass content. And uh, yes, I've already done Vault of Glass. Uh, I, that was one of the only raid experiences I had. I did one and a half attempt, like runs of Vault of Glass six years ago. And that was my only real raid experience until last, uh, earlier this year. Um, so yes, I'm happy to do Vault of Glass. I'm not doing it blind, but it'll be cool to see everyone else do it blind and for me to remember it because I haven't done it in six years. Um, I would love to do that. Um, but I don't think that one will take us long because I do think people will remember it. I'm excited to do Vault of Glass. I had never did it. I never did a Raiden Destiny one. So. It's good. It's Looks really like- good. Like, I remember the mechanics being as fulfilling to learn and 
be a part of as they are in this one. Cool. Um, Destiny 1 was so cool. Do you remember when, when swords were, like, unique? When it was like, mm. oh, I just wish they had more swords in this game because there were, like, a couple of missions. There's, like, there's, I think there's swords in that raid. Um, but they were, like, yeah. special moments when you got to do it. Um, and the other... Yeah. The Destiny 1 content. I'm, I'm really excited it's back. Um, but, yeah, there's there's... there's one moment in the raid where you're moving between the second and third encounter. And if you don't want to be spoiled for it, then now's the time to tune out. Um, we're about to wrap up anyway, but there's this moment and it's the moment that made that brought back shattered horizon into my mind that, that multiplayer zero gravity game I was talking about, which is this, um, you're on this satellite station and to move between the second and third encounter, you have to go out of the airlock and traverse this uh this part of the satellite station outside kind of like event zero sort of except it's with gravity it's weird but it's coupled with ominous ai like just pompous asshole pandering like just this ai is just really rubbing it in they're like oh i hope you're ready to save humanity you you clever rats it's like shut up (laughs) (laughs) and like coupled with the best music I've what some of the best music I've ever heard out of that game, and I love Destiny music. Paired again with just this incredible scenery of doing this like spacewalk, basically. Now again, it's with gravity; it's all a bit weird. Um, but you're jumping around the, the the parts of the satellites. You're jumping onto spokes and wheels, and making sure the big moving machinery that's moving all around you doesn't knock you off the side. And you know, it was pretty standard Destiny platforming in terms of. It's Destiny platforming you've done before, but in a setting that was just incredible. You could see the Europa planet with a fleet of fallen ships in front of it and the and the centrifuge spinning in front of you. Oh, it's gorgeous. Some of the best scenery and scene setting in this game that I've ever seen. Yep, yep, 100%. 100%. Yeah, enough to maybe make me buy the soundtrack because I just want to... Oh, mm. it's, it's real good. Um, Man, you really hated that AI. Oh, it's so smarmy. It was so... Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? This person has done so much for you, and now here you are, breaking all of their nice things. I hope you're ready to face the consequences. I have no doubt that you are the wrong hands. It's like, there. <laughs> it's like... But the thing that got me was it was an AI saying all of that, which means there was someone who was pompous enough to program something to say that to someone <laughs> in in the random event scenario that they happened to breach a satellite in space. Oh, God, it pissed me off. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, I hope that wasn't too rambly there at the end. But yeah, the, the, the raid was really um, quite impressive. Um, Going to be talking about... Uh, Oh, I just need to just need to make sure we write down what next week's question was again. It was, "What's your comfort game?" Yep. For next week. Um, but yeah, if you want to find uh, our older episodes of this podcast, like for instance, we were talking about Sea of Thieves, or I've also spoken about Destiny Two raids before uh, this year as well. So you can find all of that on minimap.com.au and on podcast services everywhere. Uh, you can also. Uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash minimapayu if you want to support the show at all. Uh, you can find our other podcasts there as well. Um, got a new episode of Gamesplos podcast coming up real soon with a special guest. Um, 
I think that's about it. If you want to follow us and get all the, the live updates, you can go to Twitter and follow the Minimap account. That's at MinimapAU. Um, Jeremy, what's your Twitter account if they want to keep up with you? At obi one Jez. June, your Twitter account? Junez, J-U-N underscore E-double-S. My Twitter account is KJ Palmer underscore 24. Um, and for this fortnight, that's about it. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.